Brant, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Dave. Good to see you again. Another podcast. Another podcast. You got it. Brant, I'm I'm going to kick this off with something that we don't talk a lot about, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Insert sarcasm. But seriously, need to, need to hear your, your thoughts here. So we know Jim is coming back to Michigan, and he signed a contract extension, five years, making just over $7 million each year. Um, not Mel Tucker money, not James Franklin money, not Ryan Day money. Uh, he's the fourth highest paid coach in the Big Ten. And, you know, that's interesting to me. Um, I thought it would be a little bit higher than that. He still has the same incentive lace contract, basically, from what I was seeing anyway, uh, as he had this past year. So, you know, if he goes out and wins another Big Ten championship or gets a college football playoff berth, like he's got, he can make, you know, plenty more money than that $7 million. But Brant, the most interesting thing to me was the buyout. Did you happen to see that? I saw the buyout. I did. Um, I. It kind of sounds like if this thing goes south, no harm, no foul. Let's get out of this thing mutually. Yeah, back up from your mic just a little bit. You're coming in a little hot on the mic. There you go. Um, Sorry, I got a new placement for it. I probably should back up a little bit. My yeah, bad. yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So it's interesting because with the buyout being so low, and I think it's like $3 million after the first year, and then it decreases by $750,000 each year after that. Basically what that means for people that don't like get into the muddy waters of, of contracts and how they work is basically if Michigan wants to do away with Jim Harbaugh in the next year or two or three, not going to cost him much. And furthermore, if Jim Harbaugh decides he really is, he, he starts getting some calls from the NFL again, even though he says he's done doing that, he's not heading back there. Uh, if he gets those phone calls that it's going to be a lot easier for him to leave. And to me, this contract is very, very interesting because it is not the slam dunk Jim Harbaugh life contract at Michigan. Basically, this is another rental year contract. Truthfully, Michigan could do, I don't think they will, but this allows word. Like you wonder what those conversations have been like, because to me, this seems like Ward Manuel can say, see ya, if he, if he uh, feels like it. And it also gives Jim some leverage, too, to be able to seamlessly head to the NFL. Although, you know, of course, he said he's done doing that. Uh, but I thought that that was pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Dave, don't you think it's almost mutually agreed upon like that? Like, there was probably a little backhanded, backdoor, um, yeah, Jim, we want you around wink wink and you want to be here wink wink let's just smooth this over on the surface and make sure everything's cool but I think if Jim was offered next year a job in the NFL he would take it and I don't think Michigan would really care like I just don't think that care is there anymore and they're kind of like I heard the example doing it for the kids like hey we're kind of in a loveless marriage but you know we're gonna do it for the kids um and, and I really, truly believe that. And it kind of sucks as a Michigan fan, Dave, because you want somebody fully invested in the program, which I do think to some degree he is. 
but I don't want 80% buy-in. I don't want 85% buy-in. I want 100% bought in. And Dave, doesn't it feel like maybe he's not 100% in and he's just saying that on the surface level? Yes and no. So I think for as quirky and odd as Jim Harbaugh is, dude is the most competitive guy probably coaching in college football right now. Like he wants to win more than anybody. So even if he's here for a year, Brant, he's going to go like hard and he's going to give it 110%. It's not like he's going to go 80% and then take in phone calls from GMs on the weekend of the NFL. Like it's not that it's just, but to your point, it is sort of like, mm, like, yeah, let's try this out for another year, but also we're neither of us are really sold on this. Um, and, and, and what was Michigan going to do? Honestly, right. like what it's like, they almost came. It's like they were married and they said, you know what, let's just separate. And then they kind of went out there and tested the waters and said, Hey, can't really find anything. I can't really find anything either. Do you want to just try this thing for another year? Like that's what, it, that's what it seems like. So I think you're going to get hundred percent from Jim Harbaugh this year. Uh, it's just the whole thing is just how this has played out is very, very odd. Yeah, Dave, we feel like a fallback plan. And you said that a couple episodes, it's like, you don't want to be the fallback option for any coach ever. And really that just kind of is a gut punch after you win the big 10, right? Like we didn't want to feel this way coming off a big 10 championship. Like nobody wants to feel like, Oh yeah, we kind of got our coach back. I mean, he's here, but I mean, he was flirting with a bunch of other women at the bar. That's right. for sure. Okay. So, Urban Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what I'm talking about? Uh, and it, so yeah. it just leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, but like I've been saying this whole time, Dave, go one and no, and yeah. it will all be forgotten. So I, I agree with that. That is the general premise is, yeah, go go win football games. Nobody cares. But but it's frustrating to me, man, because from the most exciting football, Michigan football season that we've had in, I don't know, a couple decades, it seems like all of the momentum that was with this program and the excitement behind it, and, and trust me, I am what I'm about to say. I am still very excited. My excitement level for Michigan football has not dwindled at all. But what's frustrating to me is 45 to 50 days ago, we were playing to advance to a national championship. The hype and, and excitement in this program was at an all time high since 1997. And it just seems like since then, the wind slowly is falling out of the sails and and I blame Harbaugh for that. And I, I just, I don't blame him for going to look. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm saying that, but I, I don't blame him for going to, to look for other jobs. That's what he wanted to do. Great. It didn't work out. It just frustrates me. And then you have the whole Josh Gaddis thing. Um, yeah. Go one to know. None of it matters. But here on February 18th, when we're recording this, I'm just frustrated that I feel like we lost some of that excitement and positive momentum where it's just been surrounded by, unnecessary questions and drama at this point dave can we make the uh the listeners of the podcast a guarantee can we give them a harbaugh free month can we, can we move on from harbaugh for one month i know that everyone's sick of this you, you want me I to mean? give I that up for have... lent you want me to give that up for lent <laughs> i i know it. it just like it seems like this keeps going on we talk about the gaddis thing and all this it just i promise 
I promise listeners, we are not going to harp on this forever and we do want to move on from it, but hopefully Michigan football for the next couple months can just shut up go to work and, and have a spring game that looks normal and looks good. Yeah. Um, so a- absolutely. And speaking of positive news for Michigan football, they're having a spring game this year that fans can attend on April 2nd. You say that, man, but for somebody who has kids, I'll be honest, I'm excited. I've taken, Kate and I took Grace there uh, one time before, actually right before Luke was born. And then basically, because they didn't do it in 2020, 2021, uh, he, and he was born in, you know, two weeks after the spring game in 2019. So he's never been to the big house. So what's kind of cool about the spring game is, I mean, first of all, it's a practice, right? I mean, there's nothing too exciting about that, but for the big house experience where like normally the big house experience is awesome. Cause it's like packed full of fans and you know, all that during the regular season, but what's cool about the spring game, it's kind of an intimate thing where you go there and you basically get, get to just like walk down towards the field as close as you can get um, and see the players and stuff. So it actually is pretty cool. I'm excited to, to head there, you know, with the family and it's free to get into and free is my middle name. So I'm excited about that. All right, Brant. Shifting gears from Michigan football. Let's talk about the NFL offseason. I mean, we we would be remiss if we did not personally congratulate Kelly Stafford on her first Super Bowl win and the LA Rams and OBJ and oh Matt Stafford too. Yes, he he won a Super Bowl. It was uh exciting. Looks like they had a a good time celebrating. Uh what do you think of that game first of all? We don't spend a ton of time on, on the Super Bowl. It's Matthew, Dave. Uh, you said Matt, and a lot of his and hers fans will not take kindly to that, especially <laughs> the one that I live with. Um, anyway, uh, I, I do have to say, uh, great performance from Stafford. Uh, he threw he threw a couple of picks, but honestly, Dave, you can't really blame him for those. Uh, one was a shot to the end zone that was a long third down anyway, and they were in plus territory, so whatever. Um, and, and the other one, the guy had his hand on the ball and he dropped it. So, uh, overall clean game, fun game, enjoyed, enjoyed the Super Bowl. I mean, sometimes you get a snoozer. I thought that was intriguing the entire time. Um, I, good for Aaron Donald. That was really cool to see. Uh, guy is just a worker guy is been defensive player of the year a few times. Um, awesome to see him get his ring. And then uh, you, you definitely get a look into the future at a guy like Joe Burrow. Very cool. That is a really good Bengals team. Um, that is going to be on the rise. They're going to add some defensive pieces, I think, in the offseason, uh, probably through the draft. And that offense is loaded because their wide receivers are uh, dangerous. Let's put it that way. And with Joe slinging the ball, uh, that, that offense is going to be Chiefs-esque, I think, here coming up soon. Yeah, that the Super Bowl is really exciting and it kind of lived up to the the hype of seeing like the new blood in there. Like we talked about on the last podcast before the game. Uh, it was awesome seeing Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford duke it out and have it kind of come down right to like the end of the game like that. That was great. And uh, I think it kind of just went according to, to script. You know, the I think, Brian, you actually thought that the Rams were going to win by a field goal. I thought they might win by a touchdown. Uh, and but it was a great, great game, and it was just exciting to see what the future of the, the league is going to look like, and I would agree with you that Joe Burrow is – he's a not only is he talented, but he's a, he's a warrior. 
Um, and so is Matthew Stafford. Um, I mean, we've seen that for years in Detroit, even if they didn't always, you know, add up to wins, he's a warrior. And Joe Burrow is too, man. When he went down with that knee injury, I was like, yikes, look like a tore ACL, screams in pain, goes out there. I mean, I know it ended up being like an MCL sprain or something like that, but he goes out there and says he's good, doesn't want to get looked at by the trainers. And I just, I just love that, man. Um, and it was a, a really, really good game. Good way to wrap up the NFL season. Congratulations to the L.A. Rams. Hopefully the fans were more excited than the owner who looked like he was half asleep. <laughs> uh, Dave, coolest halftime show you've ever saw. I know. Oh, man. I'm an M&M fan and uh, owed to our childhood. But oh, yeah. For you. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I loved every every second of it. I think most people did. Um, obviously, it's a generational thing. Some people don't love it. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome. And anybody that is part of our generation loved every single second of that. So, yeah, that was that was awesome. Brant, all right. I got some questions for you. NFL offseason shop talk. You ready? I'm ready, dude. Hit me with it. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. What's the deal with Aaron? What's happening? Is he staying in, in Green Bay for, an, for another year or is he out? Uh, he's out. I will make that quick for you. I think he's out. Is he retiring or is he going to another team? I think he forces his hand. Like, I think that he forces uh, Green Bay to do something. And if Green Bay is smart, I mean, if, he, if teams are going to give you two to three first-round picks, you better make that trade. And I'm telling you what, right now, Devontae Adams, free agent. I don't know if he's a restricted or he's not, but I know he's a free agent. Um, so look for wherever he signs, Aaron, to try to get to wherever Devontae's going. That just seems like that will work. I did hear that the Broncos were thinking about offering three first-round picks and Jerry Judy. Now, that is a haul. Do you do that right now, Dave? Yikes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you are – it's. I, if that's what Elway feels like is going to get them to the promised land, then yeah, but that's, that could set them back. That's the thing is like, if you don't win a Super Bowl, I mean, I get, I guess you got to go all in. I mean, we saw it with the Rams. I just think Stafford has more like life left in him. If you will, you may get like at most three years out of Rogers, probably two really good years. Uh, that would be a bold a bold move. Um, I mean, they did it with Peyton Manning. I mean, they did. obviously, and that's and that's recency bias, you know. But it's kind of like, they hey, did. it worked before. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, and and obviously, Elway's got the the guts to to do that. And I don't. I mean, yeah, Jerry Judy. If you can, if you unload Jerry Judy, who hasn't really lived up to expectations, he's had a couple of nagging yeah, injuries. He's okay. Um, he's okay. Uh, obviously, was their first round draft pick just two years ago, uh, but. I, I do think that, you know, if if he leaves and and Devontae follows Aaron on into Denver, I mean, Cortland Sutton's a good wide receiver. You know, yeah, Javante Williams is a, is a running back that's got a Noah lot of Fant. upside. Yep. I mean, I, Noah Fant, outstanding. So, you know, I, I, I think that uh, – and that defense is good too. That defense is yeah. sound. So, I yeah, I mean – I something to keep an eye on for sure so you think he leaves okay yeah i think i think he's out where, where, where were you at on that you know what i'm, I'm a i'll believe it when i when i see it i i have a feeling he's gonna end up back in green bay for some reason just just because 
I just feel it's going to be another year of like drama and Aaron asking them he wants different things if he's going to return to Green Bay. I honestly see it playing out very similar to to last offseason. But uh, can you take another year of it? I I cannot. I absolutely cannot. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope there's a move that's made like before draft night and Aaron's out of town. Give the Lions a chance in the North. He's been their uh, their their nemesis for for years. Um, Okay, what about Russell Wilson? So Russell Wilson in Seattle, this has been ongoing now for over a year. They don't protect him. They're not, there seems to be some offness between him and DK Metcalf. W- what's happening with Russ? Do you think he stays put or do you think he's out? Does he go somewhere like Pittsburgh? Uh, does he like, you know, where do you think he ends up? I think they do trade him, Dave. I really? Think he, yeah, wow, I, I, hot take. I just really think he he has had enough. I mean, he's gone through the social media route. Like, he was not happy last year, and he made that very clear. And, I mean, his wife damn near traded him. You know what I mean? Like, she was out on the team and everything. So, I think when you have all of that outside pressure from an organization like the Seahawks, who – a lot of people don't talk about this, but the Seahawks are very buttoned up, a great organization. I mean, they just don't have these types of problems. And Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll has been the stabilizing force there for a long time. And I bet you they're looking in the mirror and saying, I mean, we did it with Russ and he was like a third round pick, fourth round pick. Like, you know, we can, we can make this happen because of who we are. We built the Legion of boom, you know, like it, it, it can happen out there in Seattle. So I think, and you want to strike while the iron's hot. So if you can get those two to three first round draft picks for uh, Russell Wilson, then you got to go do it. And I think, you know, Russ has been there since what, Dave, 2012, 20 ish. Yeah. Yeah. I would say around there. I mean, that's 10 years. Isn't that crazy to think that's like 10 years. So um, it's probably time to get what you can for him and make that move. And, and I think Russell's definitely ready for it. I think he is too. I, I really will be shocked if, because I'll be shocked if they get rid of Russell Wilson, even though he wants out, even though he's been vocal about it, I think they want to make this work. I think they want to see him and DK Metcalf work out. I think that they see that they've got the, the pieces there to, to, to make it work outside of the offensive line that they need. I mean, I think that they sell it to him in the set, like they show him almost this off season that they're going to protect him and give him some more voice in how this team's going to run. And I think he ends up staying put. I mean, because Brant, that will be a wild off season. If you are talking about Aaron Rodgers out of green Bay, Russell Wilson out of Seattle. And here's number three for you, Brant. What's up with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? This is this started a couple weeks ago where Kyler deleted apparently on Instagram. I don't use Instagram, but apparently deleted on Instagram like all of his pictures of anything with the Cardinals and like unfollowed them or whatever. And then the Cardinals did something very similar with their social media and Kyler. Is there smoke where like what is this? What's going on right now? Do you think that this is legitimate, Brant? Absolutely, Dave. I think this is legitimate. Like, I think that Kyler is a problem right now for the Cardinals. And um, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere though. I mean, he's still on his rookie deal. He's not, he's not going anywhere. It's not like Russ or like Aaron. It's, it's a completely different situation. They just need him to mature. 
he needs to be an adult. And right now he's acting like a kid. So I really do feel for the Cardinals here. They, they leverage this whole franchise basically around him. And so he needs to get right mentally, whatever. I know he was upset about the last game of the year, but what the, what they need to do is come together collectively and say, Hey, listen, we lost D hop down the stretch. That is a big loss. Um, we built this kind of spread offense around whatever spread air raid, whatever you want to call it around you, Kyler. Um, you know, you need to be the leader. You need to come in here and you need to get your mind right because uh, we've leveraged this whole franchise around you. So I think it is a bit different. And Dave, to, to touch on the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers piece, you're going to see teams giving up whatever to get these guys because of what just happened with Matthew Stafford. Like teams do this in the NFL. They want the young big arm after Patrick Mahomes. Now they're going to see what happened with Matthew Stafford and say, hey, let's go get a guy, you know, 10 plus years in the league, knows what he's doing, dying franchise or whatever. He's had a couple off years. Let's go revitalize him. Um, and I think you will. That's why I think you'll see the Rodgers move. That's why I think that you'll see the Russell Wilson move because teams are going to want to leverage these draft picks for a right now championship for a ready to build win now team. Well, and, and first of all, what you saw last year with Matthew Stafford, this doesn't happen very often in the NFL. No, Detroit We're, let him off the hook. Detroit right. said, you know what? Go ahead. Where, where do you want to go, Matthew? We, we owe this to you. Stupid, first of all. Dumb from the Lions. So that's what I know what you're talking about, Dave. When this doesn't happen, not every, not every franchise is a joke. Right. But it, it just doesn't happen where you see these big-name quarterbacks moving around all over the place in an offseason. You know, it is quarterback is a position where, I mean, you identify the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. You identify the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray is the face of the Cardinals. Who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson in that whole situation with the Texans. I mean, you got a lot of big names and drama up in the air right now into the offseason. I'm actually very intrigued to just kind of follow all of these headlines. But Brant, sticking with Kyler Murray and the Lions, heard this topic come up on the radio the other day, and I wanted to run it by you. So if you're the Lions... And let's just say, I'm just, this is theoretical, not like whether you think the Cardinals would really do this or not. So let's say they would, they've had it with Kyler and Kyler's like, nope, I want out, want a fresh start. There's some issues that we don't know about going on in there. If you're the Lions, you make that call over to Arizona. And is that, I mean, you, you've got the draft capital. Could, let's just say, I'm going to just throw a theoretical package out there for you. You got to give up your Rams first this year, your Rams first next year, a second round pick, maybe this year or next year. Let's just say two firsts and a second, not the Lions first round pick, but two firsts and a second. Would you do that for Kyler Murray? Hell no, Dave. And I ah. want to be very clear about this. I'm not leveraging my franchise on a 5'9", 190-pound quarterback. I get it. He's fast. He can throw the deep ball. I, I get all of the great things that he brings to the table. Guess what's coming due, Dave? His tab. Guess who wants you to pay it? The Cardinals. Guess who wants all your draft capital? The Cardinals. Like, they would just make out like bandits on that, and everybody in Detroit would have the wool pulled over their eyes and be in love with Kyler for about four games. And then they'd realize, 
Hey, he's a five nine, one hundred ninety pound quarterback. Like five nine is generous. I've seen him at five eight. (laughs) So I, I, and I've seen him live lose to the Lions this year. Like he, he's just he is a great quarterback. Do not get me wrong. I, I like watching him play. I think he's an exciting player, but I nowhere would ever try to leverage my future for Kyler Murray. Not happening, man. I would agree with that. I think that that would be so Detroit to do that. Um, the name would be so exciting. He'd come and wear the, the dark visor and suit up in a Lions uniform. And I agree, Brant. They love him for a few games. And they don't, that's not the direction that they need to go right now. They need to continue to do what they're doing, quite honestly. Um, <laughs> I think that they've got these draft picks. They've got a hit on these draft picks. And, you know, I'm very curious to see what happens at quarterback. Um, obviously, we know they, they hold the number two pick in the draft this year. It's not believed by anybody that they're going to take a quarterback at that pick. There's not really a quarterback at all that's worthy of really even a top 10 pick. Um, but I'm curious, as Jared Goff started to show a little bit more promise at the end of the year, yeah, nobody can see what Branches did. He just rolled his eyes and just took his hat off of his head in, in disgust. So Jared tiny hands Goff had a few better games towards the end of the year. He's been to a Super Bowl before when the pieces were put around him. Is Jared Goff the guy in Detroit, at least for the next few years? Because Brant, do you think they're going to get a quarterback in the draft this year? Do you think not? Do I, you think they're going to get, do you think they will? Like, do you think that's on Brad Holmes move this year in the draft? end of the first early second to take a quarterback. I think this draft will show a lot about Brad Holmes. Honestly, I think that lions fans need to chill out and just kind of watch what he does this year. Um, if I'm Brad Holmes, I'm not taking one. I mean, I might take a flyer on a guy late, but I'm not going to be jumping into the Malik Willis uh, sweepstakes or Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Like none of these guys really, um, really do anything for me. Honestly, Dave, that David Blau might not like, I think that David Blau might be right in line with some of these guys. Um, So I I don't think that uh, any of these guys separate themselves as like, Hey, this guy is a a bona fide number one and you got to go get this guy. Now, should they be throwing up the smoke screens? Why not go all in on Malik Willis, make everyone believe, dude, this guy's combine, this guy's pro day. He's our dude, you know, because Dave, guess what the best scenario is you trade down and you grab another one. You know what I mean? Like, don't you think trading down this year would be a good move? I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, but trading down out of the number two spot out of, out of two. Oh yeah. I I think of the offers, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I bring up the smoke screens. Like, Hey, say you're all in on a dude. I, I think that's the best move that they can make right now. But back to the Brad Holmes point, I think that, yeah, you probably Jared Goff's the guy for next year. Like, I think that's just put to bed. Oh yeah, he is. He'll be here next year. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so I I think golf is our guy for next year and you just let him go and you see what happens, whatever. And then it's, it's the next year that you really start shopping around or looking around or, or maybe there's another backup that that does really well or something that you can go get a Jimmy G type situation or something or something along those lines that you're comfortable with. Um, But yeah, definitely. As far as this year, I would take a flyer late, maybe Um, other than that, 
and go ahead and get as many defensive pieces as you can. Maybe, uh, maybe an alignment on offense, you know, maybe a tight end. I don't know, but you know, I, I think that you have some nice pieces on offense, but I don't think they're all solved yet. Um, but, but definitely focus on the defense and if Brad Holmes seriously takes a quarterback in the first two rounds, Dave, just bail Detroit, just eject button. It's over, man. I, I, so yeah, I, I agree there. And there is no quarterback name that is jumping out to me that I want to take in those first 34 picks. Listen though, you are the lions and you have, if, if you believe in Brad Holmes and he had a good first draft, really, you look at the players he pulled in good first draft. If you trust Brad Holmes, this draft is huge. You, I agree. Are, I agree. Take, you have the ability to take three of the best 34 players in the country and put them on your team immediately next year. If you do it right now, in terms of quarterback, History would show us that, yeah, there's not a generational talent. There's not a quarterback that even sounds exciting to take. But, like, do I want a quarterback? Brand? No, I'm, I'm in your camp. No, I do not. No, I do not. However, what I think could be the Brad Holmes stamp of his legacy would be, let's just say at number 34, he takes like a Sam Howell or whatever. And everyone's scoffing at it, like, oh my, please, what really? And he ends up being th that dude out of this class. Like, there's got to be one quarterback out of this class. We know the names aren't out there this year, but there's got to be at least one quarterback in this class that's bound to be a pretty good starter in this league. There has to be. History would show us that there has to be. The question is, who can identify that talent? And I, I certainly can't. Like, I look at it, I'm like, no way. I'm good on Malik Willis. I'm good on Sam Howell. I'm good on Kenny Pickett. I'm good on all those guys. But I don't make the money that Brad Holmes does for a reason. Is he able to find something that the rest of us aren't seeing? I think it's an intriguing point to think that if he chooses a guy, he's going to lose a lot of people's trust, I'm sure. Well, maybe not everybody. Some people are want a quarterback just because they're sick of Jared Goff. but I think it's going to be a roll the dice move. And if he does do it, I'm not going to be rolling my eyes. I'm just going to be like, okay, I want to see how this kid plays out. You certainly cannot take a flyer. Like if you're like, it's a toss up on the quarterback and you just take a guy in the top 34 of the draft, that's a problem. But if you're like, no, this is our guy and he's going to be there and you pick him and let him develop under golf for a year. Hey, who am I to say it won't work? Dave. If you have, you, you nailed it with three of the top 34 players in the country. If these aren't three defensive players from Georgia, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I would love to see that. Uh, uh, obviously, selfishly, I would like to see Nicobe Dean play alongside, uh, you know, our linebacking core and Micah Parsons. That would be amazing for us. But Him or Jordan um, Davis. Yeah, yeah, him or Jordan Davis. But really, the other intriguing thing, Dave, is you brought up Kenny Pickett. How cool would it be to see him get drafted by the Steelers? I think that would be a really cool storyline and something that he's kind of, you know, meant something that city and everything. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yep. I I I, I agree. The storyline would be would be pretty uh would be pretty cool. I, I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy, but 
you know, who knows? We, we'll have to see the draft. And I'm ex- honestly, man, I'm excited as the draft gets closer to, to do all this with you because um, Engage sent me a really cool little like GM builder thing that we can have some fun with later on um, in terms of what teams should do to fill their needs in the draft and where they sit at right now. So, all right, Brant, wrapping up from, well, actually, I'm sorry, one more question, just real quick, and I want to move into college hoops. Jameis Winston is a name that's out there right now. I know, not an exciting name, but is he a guy that Detroit takes on for the next two years? And, you know, you got Goff on there on the roster this year. Like, you're probably just going to have him there. But do you take a Jameis Winston for the next couple of years uh, and hope that you get – because who knows when they're going to get a quarterback. I mean, what happens if they win six games next year? You're probably not getting C.J. Stroud. You're probably not getting Bryce Young. I mean, so they're going to have to be really, really bad again next year to get one of those guys. So where do you find your quarterback then? Do you wait it out? Yeah, Dave, I'm waiting it out. I don't, I don't really care about Jameis. I mean, if you could get him for – what did the Saints get him for, like a million bucks or something? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, if there's a deal – like it doesn't have to be Jameis. If there's a deal out there for someone like that, sure, roll the dice, whatever. Um, and I think Brad Holmes wants to make moves like that, and it's smart to do that. Um, but outside of getting a, a crazy good deal like that, let's just stand pat with Jared Goff. I, I, I'm not going to move off that stance, I don't think. Okay. All right, Brant. Give us the, the state of Big Ten basketball right now. Uh, we've got, we're down to the last couple of weeks here at this point of the season before we head into the Big Ten tournament. Where do you think Stan Brand, give the listeners just an update on Big Ten basketball and tell me how many teams do you think will make the big dance? Today, Dave, I think eight teams are in. I think it's going to end at seven. Honestly, the Big Ten is about the third best conference right now. And that's, that's pushing it a little bit. I think the big 12 is better. And I think the ACC is slightly better. Um, and the pack, the pack 12 is coming up the rear there. So, um, okay. and the big East is always a thing too. So um, I think there are, there are some very good teams in the big 10, but we're pretty top heavy with Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin's actually a very good basketball team um, that needs to be recognized. But as far as the state of the big 10, Dave, Let's 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 start with this. Let's start with Michigan State, the Slumpers. Um, they they need a guy. They need a dude. Um, and we talked about this a little bit with Michigan earlier in the year, right? Where it's like, hey, who's going to be the guy? And it's actually been Dickinson, the dude that we were talking about, Dave. We were kind of yeah. like, hey, where have you been? And right. He has been nothing but since he came out. back from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know his performances, even in the loss against Ohio State, I still thought he played really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was just a really good game where EJ Liddell just took over. Like You know what? And, and props off to – and you're going to have nights like that where, where a dude like EJ Liddell, he, he's going to be like a first or second team all, all Big Ten guy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's going to have nights like that. And, he, and he's probably going to be up for player of the year in the Big Ten. So, so um, you're going to have nights like that. But I think overall, when you look at the state of Michigan State, they, they just need Malik Hall or Gabe Brown. Or, or somebody like that. And unfortunately, I'm just going to tell all the state fans, it's not going to be Gabe Brown. And I think they know that by now. He's just kind of a Robin, and he's looking for his Batman. Now, I say Malik Hall because he, he's kind of like an alpha. He can do it all. He can shoot the three. He can mix it up in the post. Um, and, and he's a really good defender. So he, he can do these types of things, but he's not really getting the minutes either. So you know, Izzo's kind of still messing with things and 
I, Dave, did you see this where Izzo didn't let any of the players talk to the press after the Penn State game? No, I did not. And that's the first time that's ever happened uh, in Michigan State basketball, like that anybody can remember. So um, it's it just, I know the media guys were kind of talking about like, hey, I went all the way there. And I didn't get any FaceTime with the players. Like, like at least in 2020, we still got Zoom with them. Um, and, and you're not releasing anybody to talk. So I think you can kind of judge how pissed off Tom Izzo was after that Penn State game, which they did not look good. They Oh, that was, that was bad. bad. That was bad. Yeah, that, that was bad, uh, Michigan State. So um, I'll kind of pump the brakes on them real quick, and, and I'll kind of kick up the Michigan talk. Um, Dave, you and I both know that we need to get more out of Caleb Houston. That's got to happen if this team wants to go far. But how about the play? We talked about Dickinson. How about the play of Diabate, man? Diabate put the team on his back against Iowa. And, and okay, obviously that was a game where he dropped like almost 30 points. Like he's grabbing boards all over the place. He's been getting better every game though. And, yeah. and that's, that's what I've wanted out of Caleb Houston is like, get better as you go. Like they both should come back for another year, in my opinion, um, especially Caleb Houston. He's done nothing to, to prove that he deserves to, to be drafted to the NBA right now. Um, he's a shooter that can't shoot right now. Um, Diabate though, the energy he's bringing, the athleticism, uh, the, just the drive, the motor, the getting you buckets, right. his confidence is just growing. He's got to hit his free throws. Um, but, but man, Diabate has been looking really good And Devante Jones, another guy come on right. strong from a very slow start to his Dave, journey at Michigan. Dave, I don't know if you've noticed one thing, cause I know you watch a lot of Michigan basketball, but hasn't the last few games, uh, you know, really since they started winning these games, the ball movement is so much better than what we saw in the, in the November and December months. It's just so much more crisp and, and the timing's right. And, and, and people are in the right spots. And, and that's how you end up hitting shots and rhythm is, Hey, you know, we missed so many shots in the beginning because there were just standstill shots. Yep. Like these are in rhythm pocket shooter, you know, knock it down. So, um, and, and then one more thing, Dave, I want to touch on just real quick is um, the play of Rutgers. Um, and this is a team that maybe people don't know a ton about, but they've already beaten the likes of Illinois. They've already beaten Purdue. Michigan beaten State. Michigan State, right. Yep. Um, you know, they played close against Wisconsin. This this team right here is scary. to, And this is a team that went, I want to say they were in the Sweet 16 last year, Dave. They, they took a tough loss to Houston, I think. And they were winning with like two minutes left in that game, and Houston went to the Final Four. So, just just look for these dark horse teams. Rutgers is probably going to get the, in this thing at like a 10 seed, but this is like a 10 seed can beat a two seed type situation. I agree. They're, They're dangerous. They are absolutely dangerous because they got Ron Harper and Geo Baker. Those guys probably together played like 200 college games. Yep. So um, they, they are well-schooled in how to play uh, college basketball. So um, just that, that's about the state of the Big Ten right now. And I will tell you, whoever wins this thing will earn it. Because it's just been a slugfest like it always is. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's about to get exciting here in the next couple of weeks. Brant and I will be together for the tip-off of the uh, the tournament. It happened to be on a work conference in, in Grand Rapids. So I'm excited to link up with you, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully be able to catch up if I can snag you over there. So, But I, I'll be over there anyway. So, all right, that's it. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the, the follows, the, the subscribers. Appreciate you all, 
and uh, let's make it through this miserable, miserable winter. And hopefully in the next couple of podcasts, we will be uh, recording in some warmer weather. All right, Brant, I'll catch you next time, man.